0: Starting at verse 1 of Acts 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that did enter into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I know the feeling. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now for those of you that know this story, you you also know that's usually where we stop the story. But one more verse verse 11 says as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John the lame man which was healed there's no doubt Healing is not in question. He was healed and he held. So I want to preach to you tonight, healed yet holding. I want to target this message for those of you that have come to God in the past three years. Those of you that are new to this. The rest of you can help me out, but but I want to target those who are new there's a principle to be learned in holding so would you lift your hands and your voice and ask the Holy Ghost to direct our steps tonight May be seated. Very interesting to note that chapter three begins with Peter and John going to the temple for a prayer meeting. I say interesting because we are just one chapter removed from a 120-member prayer meeting that the promise of the Holy Ghost would fall in an upper room. Other scriptures lets us know that Jesus told at least 500 to go and tarry, wait, It's a very unpopular word in this Instagram society. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for that Holy Ghost fall. They went at least 500. They went to that prayer meeting, but somewhere... Between the promise and the fulfillment, 380 said, got too much to do. This is taking longer than I thought. I got plans I need to take care of. So they go back to their lives while 120 wait For the Holy Ghost. They didn't go silent. The Bible said they went praising and they went rejoicing. So they are praising for the possibility of the Holy Ghost. They are rejoicing over the hope of the Holy Ghost. And in that prayer meeting, whether you believe it was 14, 10, or a seven-day prayer meeting, the Holy Ghost fell in that upper room. 120 filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we in Pentecost have done somewhat of an injustice to the Holy Ghost because we understand tongues is the initial sign of it, so we are very quick to get people to talk in tongues. But the Bible tells us everyone that got the Holy Ghost in Scripture, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. If we can put more emphasis on getting full of the Holy Ghost, then you wouldn't have room for carnality and you wouldn't have room for worldliness and you wouldn't have place for sin if you got full of the Holy Ghost. And, and now, now the Bible, again, they, they were praising, they were rejoicing over the hope, over the promise of the Holy Ghost. But after they get the Holy Ghost and they... March out on the streets of Jerusalem, those on the outside, get to hearing these people talk in their own language. And they surmise that these men must be drunk. So it's Peter that must stand to declare, these are not drunk like you think they are. I'm I'm not denying that they act a little bombed out of their mind. I'm I'm not denying that they can't walk a straight line. I'm I'm not denying that they can't say the alphabet backward. I'm I'm not denying that they can't talk in a normal language. I'm not denying. I mean, you go look at Peter. He's jumping around. And you look at Mary, and she's, whoo! And you look at all these. They, they do act drunk, but, but they're just not drunk like you think they are. That, that means that they acted crazier and they acted wilder and they acted more insane after they got the Holy Ghost than they did to get the Holy Ghost. But it's been my experience in Pentecost uh, that we act like crazy people to get the Holy Ghost. But after we've had it for a few years, uh, we've learned how to control the Holy Ghost. But if you get the Holy Ghost like the Bible wants you to get the Holy Ghost, uh, your praise will be greater after than prior. You'll be shouting louder after you get it. You'll be clapping longer after you get it. You'll be jumping higher after you get it. You'll be praising greater after you get it. You'll be praying more after you get it. That that's the, they are at a prayer meeting to get the Holy Ghost and they got the Holy Ghost, and the birth of the church begins in that chapter. But the very next chapter, right off the bat, Peter and John are going to a prayer meeting because they had the revelation. If it took prayer to get this, it will take prayer to keep this. I heard someone make a comment a few years ago, and they said, if you want the devil to leave you alone, if you want the devil to get off your back, if you want hell to leave your church alone, then just get in a red hot revival. And I thought you are the biggest idiot I've ever heard because usually the fight gets greater when you're in revival, and hell fights more when you're in revival. And the devil attacks greater when you're in revival. Peter and John understood, if I don't stick with my prayer life, if I don't stick with my relationship. So let me just admonish Star City Church that's in the middle of a Holy Ghost revival. Don't stop praying just because you are. Don't stop fasting just because you are. If anything, kick it up a notch. It's a bad place to get when you feel like you've arrived. The The most loneliest place is on top of the mountain. The most dangerous place is on top of the mountain because there's only one other direction after you reach that and that's down. You better always be praying. You better always be fasting. You better always be walking with God. I don't care if you're 15, 55, or 95. You don't put the sword down until you hear, well done. Elijah said, okay, four hundred and 50 prophets of Baal, let's find out who the real God is. And we will do it by the altars we build because your altar will always reveal who your God is. What you bow to will always reveal what you serve. What you spend the most time doing will always reveal where your heart is. Let me just throw this in. I, 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 may, I may dive in this before we're done in this revival, but let me just throw this in. We always talk about the spirit of Jezebel, and we say the spirit of Jezebel is one that's against the preacher. That is not the truth. Jezebel had 450 prophets. She's not against the preacher. The spirit of Jezebel is against a preacher she can't control. Yeah, that's right. All right, all right. Well, well with, that res- with that response, I will have to deal with that before we're done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. That's that, that that that's cool. I I I I can do that, but I am not going there right now. But he said he said you you build your altar and and then you and then I'll build my altar. They build the altar. They cut themselves. And there's no God that answers. There's no fire that falls. There's no God that responds. He tears down that altar. Elijah builds his altar and then he pours water on the altar. The very thing they had a short supply of he uses to show who the God is and the Bible says in a short prayer the fire of God fell from heaven it consumed the altar it licked up the water it licked up the wood And 450 prophets looked at Elijah and said his God is the God. Because if you want fire to fall, you better keep building an altar. If you want revelation to come, you better keep, don't neglect your altar. Oh, God. God, I got to. I'm chasing too many rabbits here. It's, it's a lame man, and they're going, they're going at the hour of prayer, they are going together to a prayer meeting. And before they get there, Scripture says there is a certain man that is lame from his mother's womb. That's not insignificant. That means this man has never learned how to walk. He's never been taught how to walk. He's he's never been able to carry his own weight. And at this particular point in his life, he's sitting at the right place at the right time to be introduced to two men who may not have money, but they got a name. His lameness, his condition has caused him to come to this place every day for year after year after year, asking alms of all. That would walk by. And there he is on this day with his his cup of change in his hand. Rattling for the ears to hear of those who would walk by. And Peter looks at this man. And Peter says to him, I don't have silver. And I don't have gold. But sir, if I did. And I gave you all of my amount of riches, you would be right back in this same place at the same time in 24 hours asking for the same stuff that would bring you right back at the same place at the same time. Up till now, money has not healed you. Silver has not changed you. Gold has not altered your life. You need more than just what what man can give to you. So I don't have your silver. I don't have your gold. But at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And what silver could not do. What gold could not do. What money and riches could not do. The name of Jesus did immediately. Some of you would be a whole lot better off now if you stop seeking what man could give you and you start taking what God can give to you. Don't take God long to do it. So there, there's, there's, there's a difference in what God calls you and what man calls you. I've never been, but I've talked to enough people that have been that they tell me, if, if you are addicted to alcohol and you go to an AA meeting and you go through all those steps they they have told me that even if you've been sober for 5 years you still have to tell yourself i'm an alcoholic I had one in, 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 in California. He set me down. He said, Brother Atkins, I used to be so addicted to alcohol. I've not, he said, he said, I've not drank a bottle. I forget how many years he put on it. He said, but but AA convinced me I'm still an alcoholic. I said, wait a minute. You've not drank in, in that many amount of years and you still call yourself an alcoholic? He said, yeah, because they train me. If I don't identify myself as that, uh, I will fall back into the addiction, I said, ain't you got the Holy Ghost? He said, yeah, but I'm still not. I said, don't you have the name of Jesus on your life? You see, that's what man does to you. Man might think they can cure you, but they still identify you based on your past. But he that the Son sets free is free indeed. Old things are passed away, all things become new. Stop listening to man and get your ear in tune with what God's saying to you See it's 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 man. My Lord, here I go chasing rabbits again. It's, it's man that's, that's convinced people and have brainwashed them in an in a alternative lifestyle. You was born that way. Okay. I'm not one to argue that because I've never lived that. So, so maybe you are born that way. But that's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's, it's, it's the psychiatrist that says you are doomed to be what your mama was and what your daddy was and what your grandparents were. But it's Jesus that says, you let me get the Holy Ghost inside of you. It'll clean you up. It'll change you. It'll rearrange. You don't have to repeat history. With God, you can make some history. You, 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 you got to get it, this man was lame from his mother's womb. He was born with the problem. He was born that way. But when the name of Jesus got on the life, immediately, immediately, his feet, ankle bones, received strength. And a man that could not walk his whole life, now that he can, he decides, I'm gonna leap and I'm gonna praise. What's your excuse for not doing that? Oh, this man said, how can I not praise a God who changed my life? How can I not lift up a God who changed my existence? How? How can I not give my God praise? Wow. He's leaping. He's praising. And the first place he goes is to Church. So why does some of you look for every reason to stay out? He goes to church. And 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 the Bible says that that the people who knew this man begin to ask each other, is not this the same guy that I just gave my last $5 bill to? Is not this the same joker that convinced me he couldn't move a muscle? And the lame man which was healed so From the viewpoint of the outsiders, from the vantage point of Peter and John, his healing is not in debate. He was healed. You can't deny the fact he's leaping. He's praising. He's walking. You can't deny the fact. Even the world knows he's been changed. That's why, they, they, that's why the council arrested Peter and John and brought them and began to interrogate. By what power or by what name have you done this? That this guy who was lame from his mother's womb is made whole. Did you catch the question? By what power or by what name? You know who's asking? When Peter answered, it said, he said, By the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. So the one's asking is the adversary. The one's asking is the enemy of Jesus. There's wisdom we can get from the adversary because they themselves understood there's only two things that can bring this a big of a transformation, power or a name. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Neither is there salvation in any other name. Even the world knows the only thing that can change a life this drastically is power and a name. Even the crucifiers of Jesus yeah. knew yeah. this man is healed. Yeah. The debate is not in the deliverance, they know he's been healed. Yet, the Bible said that the one which was healed held Peter and John. There's no denying the fact the man's life has been changed. But the reality is this man has never walked a day in his life Every baby that is born, you have to teach them how to crawl. Then you teach them how to walk before they can ever stand on their own two feet and run. So for all of those of you that's been in church for 40, 50 years, or you was born and raised in this, you know how to walk by now. Because you've been in this for years. But the new babies around here, don't expect them to run all of a sudden until they first learn how to walk. And you hear me, you hear me, every baby that learns how to walk is gonna have some days where they fall. So before you point your fingers at them and say I thought they got the Holy Ghost, I thought they were baptized, I thought they live for God now, you can only say that because you've been walking for 70 years. There's no denying the fact they talked in tongues. There's no denying the fact they got wet when they got baptized in Jesus' name, but they're still learning how to walk. So so every now and then, until they learn how to stand on their own two feet, until they learn how to walk on their own every now and then, They're going to trip. They're going to fall. They're going to mess up. I mean, people that's that's never lived for God. And every time they got angry at something or somebody, it was just in their nature to say a few words. but now they got the Holy Ghost and they're baptized in Jesus' name, but they're still learning how to walk. Come on, so, so some of you that's brand new in this, come on, you've, 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 you've saw yourself slipping back and tripping up to your old lifestyle. Don't let the devil come along and tell you you ain't got the Holy Ghost. I'm not giving you a license to sin. I'm giving you a license to keep on walking. I'm giving you a reason to get back up. I'm giving you a reason to not stay down. I don't know if I made this comment here. Probably so if I did, I'll say it again. But a couple of weeks ago, I had a man tell me, he said, he said, Brother Atkins, you, man, just, just the way you look and then the way you carry yourself, he said, you, you, you look like a man that, that, that was a mean man in the world. He said, you look like some of my old gang buddies I used to. He said, have you always lived for God or did you have to get saved? My response to him was both. I was raised in this and had to get saved. Come on, don't let the devil beat you down and say, "Well, you ain't got this, and you and no one, you ain't got no one to lean on, and no one's there to help you out." No, no, no. What you need to do is find you a Peter and find you a John and keep holding on to them until you are grown up enough. John, I need two strong men to help me out. You're going to have to carry me in a minute, so I need two strong men to help me out. Okay. Each, each side. He held Peter and Goliath. Jesus asked the question to the disciples, what are men saying about me? Who do they think I am? And they said, well, some think you're Isaiah, some think you're Jeremiah, some think you're one of the prophets. Then then, then he made it plain. Well, what do you think about me? Who do you say I am? It doesn't matter what your mommy and daddy thinks about it. What do you think about it? And without hesitation, Peter stands to his feet and says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And i say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The name Peter means a rock. So what Jesus was saying when he said, upon this rock, you are Peter. And upon this rock, he was saying, upon you, Peter, I'm about to give you the keys to the kingdom. So upon you, when you unlock the keys to the kingdom on that message, on that doctrine, on that belief, I will build my church. And whatever church stands on that rock, hell cannot stop that church. Church, it'll fight, it'll contend, it'll war, but no weapon formed against it shall prosper. And I'm preaching at a church that believes in repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and living a godly, separate, holy life that tells me, Star City, hell can't stop you. Man can't stop you. Government can't stop you. The world can't stop you. So so if the layman was going to be able to reach the, the place where he could walk he had to keep holding on to the church Every time the doors are open get to church Every weekday, every weekend, every prayer meeting, every every spirit, don't you let go of the church? The church is what raised you up. The church is what gave you strength. The church is what changed you. There's nothing wrong with the church. Just my nature. I have no filter. Pastor was introducing me one night I think it was the first night of revival at this church, and he had just got back from a conference, and he was talking about how great the conference was, and the message that stuck out to him was, was one about God restoring the church, bringing revival back to the church, bringing life back to the church. I got up there and just just Atkins being Atkins, I said, "Sir, I got one question: When did she die?" I don't believe in this business. God's gonna restore the church. The church is still the place that the gates of hell cannot. There may be people in the church that need help, but don't. If the doctor messes up on you, you don't blame the hospital. Come on, people say the church did me wrong. Oh, no, it didn't. There may be people in the church who's not saved like they should be that did you wrong, but the church has never done anybody wrong. The church is still the place Jesus died for, Jesus bled for, and Jesus purchased. He's going to make sure His church is okay. Hold on. Hold on to the church. Don't let the church go. But then he held on to John. The name John means gift of Jehovah. So, in spite of how many times he's tripping and falling, he's got the council saying, This dude was healed. He's got the world saying, this guy was healed. He's got Peter and John saying, you were healed. He was holding on to his gift. It's hard to convince somebody that they don't have something that they know they have. It's hard to convince somebody with the Holy Ghost that there's no such thing as the Holy Ghost. It's hard to convince Star City Church that the days of revival are over with. Come on, so you may be two, three, four, five year old spiritually, maybe a few months, but you know your hair got wet. You know you talked in tongues. You even got friends and family saying, something's different about you. Something's even when you fall, Hold on to your gift. Don't deny your gift. Don't question your miracle. Nobody else is. But here's the problem most of our holding. When we mess up, they can't pick us up because we're holding at a distance. I'll go to church. I'll go to that church, but 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 I won't trust anybody because the church down the road did me wrong. I want Robinson to be my pastor, but I will always keep a second eye on him because other pastors did me wrong. When you constantly remind people of how hurt you were, that means you're not healed from that hurt yet. When you walk around holding Peter and John at a distance, that means you've not learned how to trust yet. So when you fall, there's no one there to help you. So you feel like a failure. And when Peter and John is at a distance, you don't have their voice in your life. So the only voice you have is the voice making you feel like a failure. So now you start telling yourself stuff like, well, I knew I couldn't be saved. I knew it was all a bunch of baloney. I, I knew it wasn't real. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You ever wondered how the spies that were sent out by Moses, when they came back, they said to Moses, we were in our sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight wait a minute there's a problem I thought you was a spy so if you're a spy they don't know you're there if they don't know you're there how do you know the way they view you because you think the enemy views you the same way you view yourself So if you think I can't make it, you give, come on, you give credence to the voice of the devil to convince you you can't make it. Why don't you stop saying I can't make it and start saying he that is with me is greater than he that's in the world. Why don't you start saying if God be for me, who can be against me? Why don't you look in the mirror and say say, they that be with us are more than they. Maybe hell would get off your back a little more. Or at least you wouldn't be so easily persuaded by his lies. But when you hold Peter and John, when you hold the gift and the church at a distance, there's no strength that you need to help you to walk. So now you say things like, Well, they got all the brakes. Well, it must be easy for them. I guess they never have any issues. I guess the devil never tempts them. I had a saint many years ago wanted to ask me a question. He sat down with me. He said, "Brother Atkins, I, he said you, you're preaching and and you in revivals." And he he said, he said, "Do you?" Do you ever fight the devil? He said, "Do you ever war with hell?" My answer blew his mine. I said, "Every day of my life." You mean, you mean the evangelist fights? As long as we got flesh hanging on these bones, this is a die. Daily relationship. So you hold them at a distance when you fall. There's no strength to pick you up. There's no voice in your life to tell you, come on, get back up, it'll be okay. I've fallen before too, but just get back up, just... But the closer the church gets to you, all right, guys, you ready? And the closer the gift gets to you, hold tight. Now, when you fall, you're not utterly consumed. Now, when you fall, you got some holding you up. Now when you can't walk on your own, you got some helping you walk. The closer you get, the less you go down. The closer you get, the less you stay down. I've just come to tell somebody, get a hold of your church and get a hold of your gift and grab it tight and don't let go. Watch, watch. You know why I can hold the church? Because the church is close enough to me to let me hold it. So this is not all about the new babies having to be in a position. The church that knows how to walk by now, you need to be close enough to the lame men to be their help when they fall. close enough to his gift because the gift is there. There needs to be the voice in, in someone's life who's new at this that when they mess up and drop the ball, someone needs to go to them with words of encouragement. You got the Holy Ghost. Don't let the devil convince you you ain't got it. Don't, don't let hell convince you you're, you're you're not good enough. Yes, you are. Come on. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to fast with you. I'm here to counsel you. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to help you through this temptation. I'm here to help you through this sin. i here to help you through this. So, what happens? The lame man reaches a place he becomes strong enough to walk on his own. Now, he gets in a position that he becomes somebody else's help. So, this is a constant. Give and receive. God wants this church to grow in more than just numbers. He wants a church to, He wants His church to grow. He wants this church to grow in love, in mercy, in patience. Come on, you've talked in tongues, wonderful. Now where's your fruits of the spirit? Yeah. Don't, don't 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 question is is this right? Am I saved and am, am I doing what I should? You know that. Your family knows that. Your worldly friends know that. There's no, deliverance is not in debate. You have to keep holding the gift and the church. For when I fall, not if. When I fall. If I got the right people, if I got the right spirit, I shall arise. Come on, stand to your feet, lift up your hands and your voice. Musicians, come on. Come on, front to back, side to side. There are some people that's fallen this week. There are some people that's fallen in this revival. Come on, and that voice has almost convinced you it's not worth it. You can't do it. But the Holy Ghost has sent an evangelist to you tonight to tell you uh, you may be healed, but keep on holding, keep on holding, keep on holding, keep on holding. Hold on to your miracle.